Do you even do, do you even know what Uncle Tom means? Like, like I'm not saying you don't. But I've never even heard of do Uncle, even Tom. Know What's what Uncle Tom. Being, it's an insult for black people. Why? What's so? Go ahead, What's... bloody. You, you're the one who brought it up. So, well, no, I, I was just for it, like if black people that look down on other black people that yeah look up to white people, if that makes sense. They call them like Uncle Tom's. I don't know why. It's basically I think, like I think it's a story, right? It's basically Uncle Tom was a man who uh, literally went to go set f- slaves free in the slave trade, and then risked his own life, and he died in doing so. So, so why like, is Uncle Tom looked as a bad thing? <laughs> well, see, that's 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 why people nowadays are stupid because they don't know history. That's why, dude. That'd be like me calling someone a. Uh... Name some famous hero from a war that everyone knows. Chris Kyle. Napoleon. Be like, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, fuck you, Chris Kyle. You piece of shit. How dare you? It's like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> um, it's just, if you don't so think what would the way be I think, then... the Mexican version is what I was going to ask. <laughs> there Pancho isn't one. Villa, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pancho Villa. You know who Pancho Villa is? Um, no, He's the basic Mexican Robin Hood. <laughs> that sounds the so stupid. To the poor people. Hey, <laughs> except with bow and arrows, he had a uh, uh, sombrero <laughs> and two pistols. It's a hat, you moron. <laughs> Are the gummies kicking, fuck boy? I have no idea what you're talking about. I do happen to oh, also yeah. be consuming coffee flavored gummies. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly. all they are. That's I don't know what you're getting at. To. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was referring to. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, well, what do you think I'm insinuating? Huh? Well, it's just you always imply things because you don't really like say what you mean because you're a weak man. Yeah, um, we know you're bro. on a lot of drugs. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not, though. Problem. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, we yeah, know, says I'm the weak we know man. about the meth <laughs> and the cocaine that you do on hookers' asses at 3 a.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday <laughs> night. Never on a hooker's <laughs> ass. You know. Cookers are okay. I've, I've never done cocaine. That's the one drug I Stop won't lying. do. Well, no, no, actually, there's a lot of drugs I won't do. Um, but like, like uh, name what? Well, I mean, not to like imply that you've I done, do any drugs. You've done course. quite. No, you know. no, I've never done anything. <laughs> I mean, I might have stated before that I have on, dropped acid, but like, no, I have literally, bro. Like, you know that there's sulfuric acid inside of this rock star. I, I was walking outside, bro. Not even gonna yeah, lie, I dropped it, and it just acid went everywhere. You know, just like with all the corn syrup and everything. That's what I meant when I said drop all acid. over the place. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's use? just these you unicorns know? that are coming out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So uh... that jokes aside, um, I like. I think that uh, pot's good for people and psychedelics for certain people. If you're mentally unstable in any way, you probably shouldn't mess with either. But um, just if you're a healthy, I don't know about psychedelic therapy. Yeah, in, in general, like drugs are not good, you know. So uh, I I have the theory no, that like things that come from the ground that are good are good. Well, like yeah, yeah anything that comes from there. Agree. Yeah, that's kind of my uh, my. Take Why else it. would it be there? Uh, for medicinal purposes, I guess. Really, you're taking a piss right here on the porch. Really, Ephraim, put your penis away. My dog. I know. 
It's like you, were, but it looked like you were talking to your penis. <laughs> you really right here on the porch. Don't shake right, your head so, at me. So, shake your head at me. Shut guy. up. Shut up. Shut up. So rather than calling you bloody, I guess I'll call you Reese because that's your name. So wow, uh, good job, Ephraim. That was a uh, that was really intelligent move there, man. Anyways, so. I'm very curious, name. what makes you want to join the police force? Well, that's a head scratcher right there. Wasn't really the original plan. But oh, was it? Uh, uh, I was just curious myself. No, no. Um, right, really, so it's like the next tier down to like fulfill that need to like want to serve in some capacity there's a lot of we're starting a a business up i mean if you're looking for a place to serve uh we do need free labor so (laughs) i wouldn't say free but you know i'm sorry i'm just i'm being retarded (laughs) okay um the labor we're talking here yeah, uh, uh, the the cutting grass kind. <laughs> yeah. So oh. this this little fuck boy got all the home so what is it, the home association? Damn it, the homeowners association. Yeah. What, Kayla? Not all of them though. And, uh, I only got a few in there. But in the competitors, and you know, I'm gonna map out the rich areas of the city. You know, because even you know, I'm pretty sure you know where the good and bad side of town is, right? <coughs> of Corpus? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so there's certain areas, you know, like I. Well, like, you don't go Portland to Oso. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's where I was raised. So, you know, Oso like, area? Yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up. So I was like, I got stabbed there. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got shot there too. But you know, it wasn't for me though, but it was for my brother. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we were riding bikes and uh I thought he was uh like racing me home. Like we were literally on a long bike ride with my mom and everything. And uh like I thought he was racing me home because like I wanted to take a shower like bad. And turns out that he was actually, you know, running away from the car that was chasing him, which had rival gang members in there that recognized him. And <laughs> so, like, like, you know, what maybe gangs are in Corpus. Uh, there is the Bloods and some Crips. You know, Oso Bloods. I don't know if Bloods you know and that. Crips. Exactly. They just wrap their own set. They just make up exactly. their own fucking. Yeah, no, you you you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Sorry, you know, Chris. I know exactly. Like the yeah. real Bloods and Crips are like, we have people down yeah, there. Like, <laughs> like, you know, New York. Can we start our? Can, you think we could start up our own little Bloods gang, like with just yeah, us three, our own set? Yeah. Yeah, like we all <laughs> yeah. like lead our own crews in our respective yeah. areas. Yeah. And then we contact the Bloods and just be like, "Hey, we're but, but we're we're the we're the new program that the I mean, Bloods are starting up. We're trying to be like more like build communities, you know, and you know, get kids involved and the little local shit, 
try and get make rule change, you know? No, dude, that's not what that's, I'm talking that's about. That's like doing. that's like when they first started, but then like they got into the drugs and making easy money, you know. So that's what the mobsters did. Start, don't be coughing like a girl if you're gonna be using that. Be a man, Jeremiah. <clears throat> I don't know what he's talking about. Um he's I muted himself. I don't think I should care because this idiot muted himself. <laughs> Look at this retard. He's so stupid. He just turned his video off now. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, okay. Things are about to get uh, pretty interesting here. <laughs> but, I assume um, you're going to cut this part out. No, no. Oh. Damn it. I, was I don't care. This is a... Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. What happened? Uh, nothing. Uh, just continue, man. Continue. What was I talking about? You don't remember what you were talking about? Because you weren't talking about anything. I hate you. Look at this fuck boy, guys. Look at this dog. <laughs> he just she keeps poking his foot. She keeps poking her face in. Because, like, she wants attention and, like, I keep pushing her away, but she keeps coming more. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, police officer gig. That's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, what do you guys think about us being in a matrix and all that stuff that is just rampant all over the internet right now? Sent this video to a couple of my buddies, uh, well, Alfredo and Pizza. Okay. What video? This one? You're gonna um, no, 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 no. The it's a, a, about some dude ranting about how the NBA is a glitch in the Matrix because <laughs> all the players do everything in sync, right? Like, what do you well, mean? The, like, there's a lot of like random shit that they do, like in sync, you know, like hand gestures or um the like the camera will show the court. And like two of these players are doing like, like they'll turn at the exact same time, turn back. You know, I, I, like I've, I've seen that um, on YouTube. I really haven't. I know what you're talking about, but like to me, that's just like being so like in depth in your your craft. You know, like that's just you having muscle memory due to this damn ball that you're chasing. You know. Right. Like, so that's just my opinion, at least. But it's like it's weird shit, like drinking water, like at the exact <laughs> same time in the exact same pose. Well, or have like, you ever heard of the uh, what's it called, um, MK uh, MK Ultra or MK Twelve? Have you ever familiar. heard of that? It's basically a mind control device by the government, basically. Oh celebrities and uh athletes you know have been like controlled since they've been like young and like like say uh what what's her name she was in war of the worlds dakota fanning that chick so like he used to have a crush on her exactly and and, and shia labluff that guy he came all messed up Not including like Hollywood being a bunch of pedophilia pedophiles, you know. Another, There's a lot of you know, them. That's another conversation, but at the same time, you know, it it's all in tandem with each other. 
when you know it's just all a facade basically i was thinking about it right <clears throat> and obviously as both of you know i've been listening to a a, a pretty ridiculous amount of andrew tate lately <laughs> I'm watching andrew but, tate um, right now. while we're on the podcast you're watching andrew tate well i have it going off in the background you don't think you could just like pause it well i'm not i can't even hear it then what's the point of playing it because i like the background it doesn't really make are, a lot of sense. Do you have to like <laughs> question like what I do or like are we just gonna like move I'm on? Sorry, man. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Ukraine can't I'm have his sorry. own life. Oh. Right, right, you gotta tell me what to do and how to do it. Okay, thank you, boss. <laughs> Will do. I want that paycheck. I was just trying to get a rise out of you. Anyways, Lord, um, no. but anyways, I'm trying to snap back to being serious. But Andrew Tate, so he talks about you know, the importance of money and it makes a lot of sense. I was actually listening to an hour long cigar session thing that Tristan Tate does where basically he just sits down and does, he, he smokes the cigar for like an hour and then just spits wisdom and responds to random questions and stuff. Um, this dude was talking about cancer that he's saying, you know, a lot of people in Europe have universal health care and they think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I don't think he was saying that it's wrong for you to, or I don't think he was saying he was saying that the system is bad, but what he was trying to point to was that if you think that like you're good because you have universal health care, you're crazy um, because that's that's actually the most basic level of health care. You if you're rich, you have access to better. Right. So to kind of copy his analogy um, and to explain it the same way he did, let's take a cancer patient, for example, a cancer patient that, you know, and I, I'm, I didn't fact check them. I'm not saying that all of this is true. This is just what I heard and uh, thought it was interesting, especially if it is true. But he was saying that a cancer patient that comes and goes to the doctor, like say one of us, one of us uh, rookies, as they put it, <laughs> goes to the doctor because we get cancer. Um, there's a few different types of chemo that the government can afford. And uh, sorry, not us, but like British people or German people or an Italian man or someone that has universal health care. He said that if you go, you know, to the doctor and you think you're good and that they're going to take care of your cancer, you're wrong. I mean, they might and you might get lucky, but they're just going to put you through one of the three forms of chemo. He said, now let me explain to you what a, a very, very rich man will do if he gets cancer. He will go to Switzerland. He will find a doctor or Dubai or anywhere where the, these doctors do this treatment. And they will take a piece of his tumor and then they'll go to a separate lab and they will grow this tumor. They'll, they'll grow it. And then they'll take, they'll, you know, I'm sure there's a more complicated term for it, but basically just cut it up into enough pieces to try all the different forms of chemotherapy out. So, you know, just for the sake of an example, let's say that there's a hundred forms of chemo, all pieces of this tumor will be treated with different forms of chemo. Whichever sample is, you know, they study each sample and the effects that each chemo has on that sample of your tumor and whichever one kills it the most effectively will then be the type of chemo that they use to treat you. That'll expedite the process. You won't have to go for an unnecessary amount of time. Um, they will pick the most effective chemo that, you know, it'll still suck. It's not going to be the great, the greatest. And there is a chance that it doesn't work, but your chances of survival are far, far, far higher if you have the money for such a treatment 
than if you just have universal health care or maybe a healthcare system like us that would only give us access to those most basic forms of chemo. So that's pretty interesting. And then I was thinking about today with me, right? Like, you know, we're talking all this business and stuff and like how we can build this business that we're talking about doing the, the lawn mowing company. And I was like, so what happens like when I actually start getting money? And let's say, I don't know, I get in trouble or I do something illegal, right? Um, could be anything really. And, you know, say, okay, for example, let's say, I don't know, um, sister, 10 years down the road, sister calls me, says her husband hit her. I go over there and I break the guy's jaw, break three of his ribs, drag him out into the street and leave him. He goes on, whatever, decides he wants to press charges or sue me. And then I come up to him and I say, hey, listen, you can do this or I'll just give you a hundred grand. What do you think he's going to do? So then it kind of like, it doesn't make you immune from the law because if you, you know, you, they could press charges, but when you have money, who doesn't want a bunch of money? So the guy's probably going to just take the money instead of pressing charges, unless he's a very principled person, which is possible. But basically having money puts you in a much more powerful position. It, it gives you the opportunity to um, do more about your situation than you otherwise couldn't. But then they say things like money can't buy happiness and um, you know, things like that to kind of, I feel like, push people away from getting money. Yeah, Andrew Tate in my head. Well, it's because these ideas came from them. It's not like I came up with yeah, this. Yeah, I just, exactly. I just thought it was really interesting, um, this idea. And I don't know if it's true, like all the data. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't just go spout it off on a podcast if he hadn't already seen like a credible source or something, he wouldn't want to make a fool of himself, but you know, um, that's, they make some very, very good points. I, I guess is what I'm saying about money. Well, when you have a fuck ton of it, you uh, learn to get smart. Yeah. But it's things that we don't even really think about. Like um, with me and Ephraim, we're now looking at this business we're figuring everything out, like all the basic stuff, like how to create an LLC. Like, how do you do that? You know, oh, we can't use a normal bank account. We have to use a business bank account. What's required for a business bank account? Okay, so like what makes people buy stuff? Okay, so marketing is actually a really thing, a good thing to invest in. So we need to dump some money into marketing. What else can we use? What, what are some principles that work? Oh, well, we talked to this business guy and he says that if you reduce the overhead by as much as you can, um, and you just try to generate profit, but you got to keep the overhead low and not try to save up and buy a bunch of stuff. Um, you just start with the minimum, which is what we're doing. Then it might work. You start looking at websites. You start thinking about, okay, how am I going to get more business? Okay, pretty easy. I need to ally with an irrigation company. And I need to ally with a company that sprays lawns with fertilizers and fungicides and things like that take some of their business cards, give them some of mine and like, Hey man, just anytime you run into someone that needs their grass cut, give them my card. And anytime I run into someone that needs their grass sprayed, I'll give them your card, you know, and then we're working for each other. We're bringing each other business, helping each other out. But it's like all these different ideas and tools that you learn. They're not teaching that in school. And I, I brought this up to my ex-girlfriend from Italy and, you know, she's like, yeah, but school isn't about making money. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but it should be part of it, especially as important as it is. Like, I'm not saying that the whole school should be about hustling. 
I'm not saying you should go to Hustlers University and only learn hustling, but maybe there should be some hustling classes, you know? Well, see, uh, what my mom told me when she was in school is that they did have, like, money classes where they would teach you about money. They would teach you about, you know, filing tax return. And uh, then she said, you know, they just stopped doing it. Like, I don't understand why. See, like, and, and then it, and that just goes back to the matrix, man. Like you were saying in the beginning, like, see, they want to keep you in this fucking habit that, you know, you need to be told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. You know, basically saying, how high, boss? And, you know, rather than... <clears throat> rather than being your own master you know most people this is the ratio or the percentage 80 percent of people like being told what to do how to do it when to do it and 20 percent of the other people are the people that you know tell them what to do so like I want to be that 20% man because I'm I'm tired of like working for someone else and their dream you know, mm-hmm. rather than working for my own dream. And like, so like, I just hang out with these like very wealthy people. And, you know, I can see their habits. I see what they do. I see what they don't do. Like, you know, but they're human at the end of the day, you know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's just something I never experienced nor and and I was enlightened by the experience because these people just teach you and you know if you if you just watch them and you learn from them so like and and, and that's why I want to like create my own business you know so I can do what I want to do and have you know money while I'm not working but at the same time I'm making money you know that like i think that's that that's i believe everybody who sh- should strive to be because if everybody was like that dude like america would be like op well like, it's interesting it's man it's op now but yeah because you look at other people that you care about and you love and they're not even thinking like this they're content to work some dead end job or whatever but if you think about it if you're willing to apply yourself and push yourself through the headaches and stress and you know of all that of figuring out how to run a business and you know we're successful in this endeavor and we can do it multiple times and keep making businesses then eventually you're going to have a lot of money and you're going to have money that you can use to improve the people around or improve everyone's situation that's around you you can easily like you know hey so what's going oh you're not going to the gym because you don't have enough money for a gym membership Dude, fuck that. Here, I'll buy you a gym. You know, like, (laughs) I'm I'm not saying buy them a gym, but what I am saying is like, you can use your money for good, you know? And then if you're the business owner, you don't have to be missed like the douchebags that you've worked for in the past that only cared about number one. I'm not saying don't care about number one. Definitely do. You're, You're the one that took, you know, all the effort to go through all the stresses of learning how to manage and run a business. But you can make sure that you're very fair to people, you know, and you're not taking advantage and 
Yeah, because most people aren't going to want to push themselves through all that. They're going to be happy to be an employee. And so there's nothing wrong with that either, because you you do need people to actually just do the work, you know? Um, so I think you can ethically run a business and be the guy that's making all the money if you're fair and you're trying to help people around you. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to have money. So, yeah. uh what about you, buddy? No business, no nothing like that, no investments. I don't know fuck all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you do know about. Um, bloody, how much do you, or <laughs> excuse me, Reese, how much do you bench? <laughs> like, not Good your question. one rep, but like, what do you rep out whenever you're doing like a five by five, for example? That's what I mean, like your five um, rep max. I don't ever do one rep, really. Oh, right now it's like one, 135, 140. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Since surgery. <laughs> <Not sure> what? <laughs> what? What? No, I, I just yeah. was acknowledging his response. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, how much surgery. do you deadlift? Two... Oh, oh, 60, two, 50, two. Okay. Probably. All right. Um, I mean, that's very interesting. Uh, Reese. Um, yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot of muscle. <laughs> I'm messing with you, but, uh, okay. So here, here's a study that I read. I read that you actually can't use more than 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So, you know, the general rule of thumb at the gym, whenever you're talking to gym rats and stuff it's like yeah bro how much you weigh yeah like 200 pounds okay you should be eating 200 grams of protein but and while i heard that it's not harmful to eat an excess amount of protein um your body can actually only use 0.7 at maximum um per pound of body weight do you know anything about that i've never heard of that um more or less like your body should be able to process it uh but you're even of that point seven, i wouldn't think even that's even processed because a lot of, we don't get enough or the right lipids in our system to actually gain the nutrients from that so most of it just ends up being shit anyways and like the average american is constipated <laughs> y'all are probably constipated I'm not and you don't even realize it um but you just have shit sitting in your gut, sitting there. And that's why um, a lot of like fat burners and um, dietary supplements make you shit because you lose a lot of fat that way. Yeah. Um, I've that. noticed a lot of the diet pills. So how do I? Those don't seem very out? good. Huh? How do I clean the shit that's just sitting there? What, um, just... you you clean your gut by eating the right food, like <laughs> foods that are <laughs> not no, packed I, with preservatives and, and other like, chemicals. Don't eat fast food. You know, try like and the whole thing with like organic or not organic. Like if it doesn't say organic, you know or if it does there's no scientific like 
proven data that organic food is better for you than non-organic, but buying fresh produce, right? Actually cooking your meals, not just buying frozen crap or um, stuff that's in a box, <laughs> you know, packaged up in the middle of the food aisle. And that's another thing. Try and buy food on the ends of food aisles. The more more towards the middle you get is the worst shit. Or really? the best shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I know that like with potatoes and rice and like breads and basically carbs and stuff, it puts, it holds a lot of weight inside of you. If you were to go for a carb-free diet, like meats and veggies or just meat or something like that, then you actually drop a, a ton of weight rapidly initially, but then eventually your body gets used to the new uh, food and it sheds a lot of that water weight that it's carrying that's extra. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried a carb-free diet, but you lose, like you'll lose seven pounds in a week. It'll start to slow down as you, because it's mostly water weight. But I guess your body uses carbs to hold on to the water weight. Water Not sure. Weight. Your body uses carbs to produce energy. So when you, the problem with the keto diet um, is that you lose a lot of muscle, right? Because you deprive your body of that essential fuel source to keep going. So your brain feeds on the muscle where the protein is. And then you lose a lot more muscle, which makes you lose a lot more weight, right? Not fat. <laughs> well, I, I think on the I scale it looks great, would... but yeah. But I think with keto though, the idea is that you're switching to using fat for energy. So you're actually not using carbs for energy. You're, they call it the adaption phase where your body's switching from using what it's always used its entire time of existing, which is carbohydrates for a fuel to using fat for fuel. Uh, but the problem, because everything else I believe is true, but the pro the reason why you lose the weight, or I'm sorry, the reason why you lose the muscle is because in the keto diet, you're not allowed more than a certain amount of protein. Um, otherwise, it throws you out of ketosis. Right. So you're not, I don't know how much is allowed, um, but I would assume, because I am assuming that you're probably not getting enough protein, which is why you're losing the weight. Not necessarily because you're not eating the carbohydrates. But I'm not a doctor. Over, over time, <laughs> like if you were to do it, people that normally do keto usually do it for like six weeks to like six months at max. It's not. Oh, sustainable. really? Yeah. You, you oh. don't want to do it for a super long time. I didn't know that. But, I, mean, you, I mean, you can, I guess, like if you really wanted to, but at least when, when I was training people at the athletic club, all the people that told me that they had keto, like the longest I heard was six months and it put them in the hospital. Um, they had, uh, I forgot they, they were deprived of some type of mineral that they weren't getting from certain proteins like meat, for example. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, it was yeah. either, it was either potassium or iron. I can't remember which one it was, or there's some mineral like that, it, but it's complicated, um, man. Like there's a. 
knowing all the because like even if it seems like it's good you find out years later that they develop some crazy dysfunction in their body whatever it might be because they did that diet gout I've heard that a lot with the carnivore because uh, black beans is like a really popular food with keto oh I've seen it in a lot of keto uh, recipes I think using black because that's like their source of protein is, is through beans. My mom did keto and or sorry, that's yeah. vegetarians. My mom did vegetarian as well. Ephraim, <laughs> I tried vegan uh, for a little bit, um, just because everyone I worked with was vegan and drowning me with the propaganda, and I I thought I'd give it a, a whirl, um, and the only thing I just I figured out was that I really like the vegetable meat at Subway. <laughs> but aside from that, there's nothing good about being a vegan. It's horrible. Um uh, hear about the test. Um they they tested the Subway's tuna and it there was no tuna in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what you don't want to hear. It's oh, like uh... m- m- the only thing that they could identify was cod. Out of the tuna, the only thing they yeah. could identify was cod. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What do you think about it? Okay, so I was talking about gout being associated with carnivore. I think I got the names mixed up. There's something with carnivore that everyone used to think that you would get if you did a carnivore diet for a while, if you ate too much meat and nothing else. I can't remember what it was. Um, Maybe um, kidney stones? No, I mean, they may say that, but I'm thinking of like a, it's like a, disease i guess you develop but anyways um i've really oh, i'm really I know kind of a fan of about i i don't remember the name of it though yeah i'm a fan of carnivore because i like the i did it for a month as well actually um i did the vegan diet and then i did a carnivore diet but uh the carnivore diet i've never felt better than when i was on the carnivore diet um I don't know if it's as a man simply... that makes sense. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think it was just uh, the reduction in carbs because I felt the same with meats and greens or things like that. Um, so I, I think it actually just might be the fact that you're not eating carbs. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of fa- like Dr. Sean Baker. He's a big carnivore guy and he's he gives all these scientific scientific explanations as to why you don't need like vegetables. Um, you do get a lot of your vitamins from meat too. Vegetables. Like meat actually has vitamins in it. I didn't realize that before I started following this guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And minerals. No. Okay. <laughs> I actually had to mute my mic just as you made that really dumb joke um, because my little siblings coming down the stairs right now. So I uh, continue on with Ephraim. What? I'm about meat. You like meat? <laughs> Y'all suck, man. <laughs> I like meat. I like steak. You know, uh, I eat anything that's like, you know, grilled. Nothing fried. It's just gross. You just feel sick and yeah, don't eat fried shit. Try what are you um? You're actually my uh, first guest that I didn't do a one-on-one with before bringing you into a group podcast. So congratulations, sir. You're the first. 
It's congrats. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Normally, I try to like do a one on one because I was thinking like uh, it because like for example, say me and Ephraim get lost in conversation or whatever. Um, you don't really give the person that's in the call a chance to get used to speaking up and being on the podcast and everything. Um, and it might be easier for them to just kind of fall in the background. So I thought like if I do a one-on-one with every single person first, it gives them a chance to kind of get like comfortable with talking and being on the podcast and everything. And then when we do a group, they're not going to be like afraid to speak up. I'm not saying that like you are, I'm just curious though, uh, what you guys think. I think that's a good, actually uh, a quiet dude. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying like in general though, you think that's a good policy or, I, yeah, I like we should podcasts. do a one-on-one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Tell you my life story. All the boring shit. And your life got flipped, turned upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's happened a couple times now. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, like you're in a you know like a hallway with doors just running on either end and you're like they're all open but you run up to them and then it just slams in your face <laughs> so you run to the next one and it just oh my god yeah. the next one and you just keep going until one of them works and sometimes the door leads you to another hallway <laughs> with more doors yeah <laughs> and they're all open and then they all close yeah yeah. So right now I'm kind of going through another hallway, but, um, well, I mean, for me, out. um, for me, a difficult part for me was when I got out of the army and, you know, I wouldn't say that like, I was like, I definitely wasn't a good soldier and I wasn't like the happiest dude, you know, to be in the army. Like I wasn't exactly happy to be in the army. Um, I'm glad I did it, but I'm also glad it's over. That makes sense. Um, it, it really wasn't for me, you know, looking, I mean, it was like, I, I got a lot out of it, but, uh, I don't, it's definitely not something for me long-term, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, anyways, you know, regardless of how much you may like or dislike the army, you get used to that way of life, you know, having to be somewhere at a certain time, like all that structure, your room always has to be pristine because it gets inspected. Um, I mean, just like all these different things that you get used to doing on a regular basis. Plus you get used to being in Italy, you know, and then you make a, you know, you get a girlfriend there and then finally it comes time for you to obtain your puppeted DD 214, you know, um, you, and you get it and you leave and within 24 hours, you no longer have that structure. You're in a completely different time zone different country i mean yeah it's america it's where you grew up but like you lived in a different one for three years or something you know uh, some people extend or re-enlist and stay for five you know um so you're used to a different country you're used to a different way of life and then now you're going through a breakup with someone that you you know loved and it wasn't even um because anything was going bad in the relationship, it, things were actually going pretty good in the relationship. So it was like even harder to end it, you know, but, um, 
we we just decided because our lives were mine's in America, hers is in Italy. We just had to make the hard decision. But what got me through it, and I mean, it still sucked. There's nothing you can do to avoid the suck. But like, what got me through it was forcing myself to live life. You know, like go to the gym. You know, focus on signing up for college. Get a job. A job's good because, like, yeah. We were just talking about owning businesses and not just being some employee. But what a job does do is it gives you structure. You know, it gives you a place to be at a certain time every day. Consistency. Yeah. And that's good for a human because we naturally like routine. You know, that's how we're pattern. Yeah, that's how we are. So for me, that's um, that's what really helped me was just having a structure, working out. You know, working out's always good because like after the workout, you still feel good, but eventually all the voices come back. <laughs> um, but the work, the workout gives you a break, you know, you feel good for a little bit, you know, and eventually over time you heal, you know, and, and I think you got to deal with it. I don't think it's a good idea to distract yourself. I'm not saying distract yourself, but the way I put it is deal with it in doses. You know, don't you, if you just sit down and stare at the problem for ever until it's done you're never going to get rid of the problem because you're going to be so obsessed it's going to make it bigger and bigger but like if you just deal with it in chunks you know eventually you get through it and i think you actually get through it faster if you force yourself to live life you have that structure you keep going and then the sooner you can begin to accept your new reality the quicker you'll be over whatever it is that happened regardless of whether it was a relationship or you got fired from a job you really cared about. I don't know what, whatever it might be. I think that's just how we deal with trauma in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. You and it is traumatic. In the army. <laughs> what? You wouldn't say that if you're in the army. <sighs> the, yeah, man, I was kind of in a darker place in the army. Um, <laughs> just because I mean, one, there was a lot more alcohol in my life. <laughs> And then uh, two, you know, I mean, man, when you're just miserable all the time, you don't exactly uh, have, I don't know what the, it doesn't really, I didn't really have as much time to think and work thing, work through things, you know, as I do now. Like, like, that's like one thing I always wanted to do. And uh, I guess I just never did it. The army? But Yeah. And, like, since you, like, tell me your experience, it's, like, I'm, like, glad I didn't join the Army. Yeah, but I will say, though, with those experiences, um, I really think those were pretty fundamental in my life. I mean, not, you know, I had other experiences, and if I never joined... killing yourself over like some people do? No, but you never... That's the thing, though. We all go through the same stuff. But some people handle it differently. So to me, that that's why it's always hard to recommend the military to some people. Because for me, looking back, knowing how I'm wired and then knowing how the military is, I'm actually kind of surprised like I didn't get kicked out or, you know, something like that, you know. Um, but that's because I understood the game, you know, that the NCOs would be playing. Like, you know, we're going to haze this guy. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And I understood the process and like what it was actually happening. I wasn't like too 
inserted in it. Like I understood the big picture of it. So, you know, I was able to kind of cope with it somehow in a, in a way where it eventually benefited me. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of my service. I think I probably half-assed it. I definitely half-assed it. Uh, maybe not in the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> maybe not in the beginning, but then like I started to kind of just kind of, I guess like I always had this idea of what the military was. And then after joining, I realized it wasn't necessarily that. I mean, I think the principles are supposed to be kind of what we all think the army is, but the people, and there's some really good people. I don't mean to say that. Like I had some outstanding leaders, but some being the key word, <laughs> the majority was not outstanding. The majority was complete turds that seemed to have stayed in because they had no other options. That That's what it seemed like, you know? So I don't know. It's hard to recommend to people because like, yeah, it could be very good for you or you could be like my friend who committed suicide, you know? So it's, yeah, it's tough. You know, my little brother is going through it right now. Um, I don't want to get into what's going on with him, but he's having some, not, not he's like on the verge of suicide. I'm not saying he's having mental issues, but he's having issues with his, uh, you know, <laughs> being in the military and having people scream at you and treat you like a dog and like all that stuff all the time. That's the problem is it's all the time, you Dude, know, and it just wears on you. Is that like how you felt? Like a dog? Yeah. A little bit. Honestly, yeah. I, I felt like a second-class citizen, for sure. I mean, every low-ranking member does. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's important to, you know, I think the military was kind of well, the culture. Well, a bad thing if they commit suicide. Of course, yeah. But um, I think that the military gets that way or got that way originally, the culture, because we had a different type of person. Um, going into the army right so a lot of times you had cocky tough retard 18 year olds coming in that were all kind of wired that way and then so when they get the unit get to the unit it's important to beat them down you know and um you know basically humble them so that you could teach them so i think that was probably important then nowadays we do have a lot of retards don't get me wrong we're all idiots but there's a mental toughness issue you know there's a lot of people that like while i may have fell out of runs or stuff before because i was a fat turd <laughs> um i didn't ever think about killing myself you know i wasn't like ready to go slip my throat over it you know you could scream at me all day and i just don't take it personal i just let it kind of bounce off and i you know i might get annoyed with it with you later like while i'm drinking with my buddies and we're you know bitching about work but i'm not like over there sitting in my room, you know, like in, in the fetal position, rocking, but like, I'm, I'm not that destroyed about it. I might hate it. I might be pissed, right? Like By really pissed. Holding the Mark 14. <laughs> <laughs> we, me and uh, Dre were actually talking about how that movie could have played out and all the different branches, like the, right. like if it was an air force basic and they had a private pile and he was about to blast himself. Oh, private well. pile. Yeah, um, you put that weapon away right now, young man. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyways, back to it. The basically um it's it, it's just I don't know. I think it's similar to with 
to everything in life. You know, it's not unique to the military. Life applies a lot of pressure. It overwhelms you. And I think the military does it more rapidly. So it's more obvious, but, um, you know, some people cope with it poorly and suffer mental damage and hopefully they don't kill themselves, but it may lead to mental problems, you know, if they allow themselves to be damaged by it. But if you can, you know, consciously make yourself stay positive, because I don't think you can stay positive if you're not conscious about it. But if you can consciously have the, I'm not even saying stay positive. I'm not saying be that chipper, positive mindset guy, but just having like a good attitude. Like if you could force yourself to have a good attitude and I, I honestly, I couldn't, the right attitude for me would have been, you know, like, let's say, um, like run, I use running as an example. Cause I was always good in the gym, like with lifting heavy things, but I, I was running was my weakness. Um, so, you know, like, give up. You know, and like, I, I'm not keeping up, right? Because they might, I might have some 150 pound squad leader that wants to run a six minute <laughs> pace, you know, and then like, you know, it's bad that I can't keep a six minute pace, but it's okay that when he's in the gym, he can't squat 100 pounds. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> who's really the shitty soldier? Anyways, um, but the right attitude would have been, hey, man you need to get better at running. And I, I mean, I tried, I, I did things, but like I should have probably taken it more seriously. That would have been the right attitude. Yeah. And not at the end when you're leaving. Yeah. Once I was deciding I was getting out, I was just kind of like, someone would yell at me. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> Roger. Like, I mean, what do you want from me? Like I'm <laughs> piss off. You're going to talk to me like a dog. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, you know? Uh, but the right attitude would have been, no, you're getting yelled at because you're slow. And you need to get faster. That would have been the right attitude. But I, I just didn't have that at the time. I'm trying to do that now. But, you know. Um, so when it, returning back to my original point. If I guess if anyone's ever listening and you're thinking about the military, you're just not sure if it's for you. It's hard. It, just as it's hard to recommend it, it's hard not to. Because it was beneficial for me. And I've got experiences I wouldn't have had otherwise. But if you're if you're really not sure about it, I'd say it's probably best to stay away. You know, you you probably should only join if you're a hundred percent certain about it, and you realize that it's not what has been advertised to you through movies and through what the recruiter says. It you know, and people, not everyone in the military is an honorable moral person. You know, um, they're humans, so there's going to be a spectrum, and some people are going to be turds, some people are going to be great. You know, and the only problem is, like you might say, yeah, well, that'll be anywhere in life. But the problem is that if you get a turd that's in charge of you, he's not just in charge of you at work and you can't quit. You know, uh, he's in charge of you at home. He's in charge of you out in the field when you're spending the night in another country in the woods. This guy controls your life. This turd controls your life. If you're out pulling security and he doesn't want to pitch in and he makes you guys work more and sleep less because he doesn't feel like pulling security suck it up buttercup you know it's so like if you're okay with things being outside of your control and not having any freedom whatsoever over your life then i'd say okay you know and don't get me wrong it, i'm not saying that it's a bad gig it, it's an honorable gig you should 
respect that job because it is a service and we do need it. Um, but you should also understand. Leaders. Yeah. And you need to understand yourself. You need to understand yourself and understand if you can cope with that, or if you're going to be the guy that gets really depressed and not try. Cause at that point you're just wasting everyone's time. And then you might even waste your own life. So like, if you can't cope with that, stay out. But if you can, and you really want it, go for it. Cause I, I have seen some pretty mentally tough people with good attitudes that do just fine in the military. So, you know, anyways, that's my Ted talk. Hmm. Well, this has been interesting. Um, but I gotta take a test early in the morning. So I should probably head to bed. But How I long have we been going? Do you know? An hour. Oh, okay. So it's just an hour. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Reese. And yeah, uh I appreciate you boys for inviting me on. <laughs> it was fun. I had a good time. One on one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be good. And just let me know when you're free. And, and I always thought you were a Spartan, a ranger. And I always got y'all both mixed up. Not this guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe when Spartan gets out, I can... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That That's a pretty private guy. He may not want to have anything to do with a podcast. He, he would, but he, he wouldn't want his camera on. He'd, he'd want his camera off, and he'd want me to... Do the robot voice forms. <laughs> uh, this is this is the type of guy that you know his his baby pictures. His face is blurred. All right, what the fuck? He has the black streak across his yeah. eyes. <laughs> With the face blurred. With that as well. You just see the little Are pacifier in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, dudes. All right, have a good one. Appreciate you. Have a good. I'm gonna keep you on. All right, fuck boy. So, Ephraim, um, what's up? I was thinking we could probably talk a little bit about business since, uh, you know, we're business partners. Sure. So, I mean, where do we even start? Hold on, my fucking eyes itching. If you're interested in learning how to become rich and wealthy, continue watching that or continue listening to this podcast. Well, we just, <laughs> well, we both talk about businesses that we haven't actually started up yet. I don't like that guy from the movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I'm pretty excited about it, though. Um, the biggest problem with me is going to be <clears throat> it's going to be hard to be an equal partner from a distance. What, I mean, I could do the, about? well, like, I won't actually be able to do the work. You know what I mean? So well, you, you're like the, I would say the headquarters of everything. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. But um, so I think the way to make it fair, though, is like we're both 50 50 owners. But if you're doing the work, you get paid a wage, you know, so like <sighs> just like one of the other employees, you kind of list yourself 20 bucks an hour or 20 bucks a job or whatever we decide, you know, see, uh, Cause I was talking to Squirt earlier, and um, he was telling me. Uh, uh, he was telling me because I asked him, you know, uh, I know you work and everything, man, but like, do you own the company or like, does? He was like, no, I don't own it. Well, I own it, but I own thirty-three percent of it. And uh, he's uh, 
Hold on, let me just... Uh, he said that he's 33% owner of the company and that uh, four four people own it, including himself. And you know, I, uh, he asked, I asked, is there any like contracts involved? He's like, no, it's just, you know, uh, it's just, you know, you know, uh, people who have honor and, you know, it's, it's cool yeah. and we all trust each other and it's just at the end of the year we divide up all the uh was it annual gross income and then whatever is left over they just take and divide it up between the four of them that's pretty sweet so, yeah dude i was like that's pretty cool yeah because i, I really subscribe to the some i'd say a lot of the ideas that takes pushing out right now um like another one he he had mentioned was, you know, for example, like if you're walking down the streets and, you, you know, there's trouble, you want your boys with you, right? You know, to help you fight. He's like, well, it's the same in business, like same in getting rich. Like, you know, if you're trying to get rich, it's better to have your boys with you, like a team. He's like, and the biggest problem is, you know, people want to stab you in the back. Everyone's trying to look out for them. And so, you know, but if you can get 20 people that you genuinely trust like implicitly that would make a pretty awesome team to you know to help each other get rich um and so he's like so you know thinking about that you <coughs> why would you not use your blood why would you not use people that are related to you by blood and that you grew up with and that you trust like why would you not work with them inside of your business and i really agree with that um oh man no no like, i lost the like point th this is this is how i see it like you never you never eat with someone that you haven't starved with if that makes sense yeah yeah you know the, but it, the pro okay i remember the point though and I, I do understand what you're saying. Like the the best times are always better when you've had the worst times. But um, so you need people you can trust. But then the problem is, how do we get people that are on our level? You know, um, how do we get people that are going to also be a heavy hitter and go as hard as they can and, you know, try to win? Right. Yeah. Um, that's yeah that's the thing with a lot of the stuff but he's like yeah you need people you trust and then just do a handshake like hey let's not screw each other each other over and let's try to get rich and that's how you get started and i was like you know that's a and that's that's what led to me wanting to talk to you about this because like why like, don't we pull our money together we known each other for over 10 years like like see what? see this is what squirt was telling me um he was all you know what man I was like, because uh, I asked him, like, how's your day? Like, how's your normal week day? <clears throat> and, dude, it's just, like, makes me think. Because, like, all right, he was telling me, well, basically, I wake up, go to the gym, I go to jujitsu, and then if I need to go to work, I, I go to work. And I'm not really doing much. And then I go home. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
So he was like, I, I really don't do much. I have more free time than I have work time. So it's like, dude, that's what I want, dude. Like that. That's that. kind of my life, honestly, dude. right now. But uh, dude. But it's just because I don't have bills. You know, I don't pay rent. I'm living at home, about to go into college. You know, there's nothing but, wrong with it, man. But that's the thing, though, dude. If this business takes off, it's like. I'm about to drop out of college again, dude. Like, I'm not going to stay in college if this stuff's popping and I'm actually successful outside of college. All right. Well, we'll do this because I'm not saying I know everything and I know I don't. Hold on. Let me just put this up. Uh, go inside. <clears throat> Move your ass. Move. Um, so my manager at Cracker Barrel was telling me that uh, that college is like a scam, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we need like colleges and universities for like lawyers, doctors, and like you know <laughs> shit like that that you actually need to go to school for. Uh, but. <laughs> He was saying, like, everything that, you know, he got that job that he got that he went to school for. And then he was, like, in debt for, like, another 15 to 20 years. And when the government has you in debt, you're basically, like, a slave. Like, like debt is, like, chains if you want to actually, like, see it that way. Because that's how I see it, to tell you the truth. Well, I get I get free college. That's like the only reason I'm really going well. No, for it. take advantage of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I mean, and like I've told you before, I'm only going to college because I feel like I'm too old to not have some kind of marketable skill set. Like I want, you know, a certificate or something that I can like go and do work with. But that that's like a backup if my creative pursuits don't work out like if this podcast never generates any revenue ever then like okay and then if the comedian stuff never works out then whatever and then if our business doesn't work out then whatever because then i can at least fall back to that programming certificate i got and i can go you know work a job if i have to right but that being said if i do start getting successful it just seems like a waste of time. Like, like, yeah, I don't have to pay for it, but like, why am I going to go focus on programming for eight hours a day when I could be focusing on more businesses if I, you know, seem to be doing good with it. Right. Yeah. I can always go back. (laughs) So, or at least for nine years, I think once you get out, you can use your GI bill. So, I mean, (laughs) I've got nine years if I need to go back. Um, I don't know. It's just, I seem seems more money and time wasted not saying that you can't learn anything but at the same time like like people build like fortune five or is it fortune 500 you know companies and like dude they're just they don't go to college like yeah you know like some of them at least like don't get me wrong you know what i think it is you know, they have all these, like, in, like these, you know, they used to have, like, factory jobs and, like, things like that for people, like the average citizen. Yeah. And then, you know, the thing is, you're not going to have a lot of geniuses in society. Or you're not going to have a lot of free thinkers or whatever. But 
you will probably have a lot of smart people um, that maybe just don't see the game and everything or maybe do. And they're willing to accept just a higher place in society as long as, you know, they, they benefit too. And so they're like, okay, well, if you're smart, but maybe not like you didn't figure it out with business, then, Hey, just come to this college, you know, get a degree, go back to another factory job or whatever it is. But this time you get to be the manager because you did a good job and you went to college and you got a degree. It's a good job. There's your golden star, you know, and then, but you're still plugged into the matrix as Tate would call it, um, or the system that's used to regulate a society, which I mean, the system is necessary. The matrix is needed. You can't have everyone run their own business, right? Well, see, technically like when you have your own business, you can be like Donald Trump, like if, in my opinion, at least, like someone who goes against the flow. Yeah. And like when when that happens, you know, the whole system tries to take <laughs> you down and discredit you, like they did with Andrew Tate, you know. So like, but ask ask yourself this though, your friend, if you had three hundred plus million dollars. You got to be a very courageous, principled man with a lot of morals if you're going to be willing to risk all of that just to tell people the truth. Well, see, like, you know, like, that you, you get to a point, not saying you're not untouchable, but you have an opinion, like, because you have so much money gives you an opinion like see you mean like your opinion matters yeah exactly like like people hear it people listen to it you you change people's minds and, and you literally like mold them into you know the men that how men should be you know like like I, I say, you know, protect and provide, and I know some people may disagree with that or something, but darn, just had a brain fart. <laughs> you were talking about. I think you were getting at what it means to be a man. Well, yes, there you go, and see that that's what kind of Andrew Tate kind of like shows to society, like. Not saying, like, don't get me wrong, like, he has views that are kind of, like, outlandish and I kind of disagree with, but at the same time, like, it's kind of true that women have double standards, but if men have them, they're, like, bad and wrong, but even if they have a preference, you know, it's still, like, you're just a piece of shit. In my opinion, you know, people may disagree. So yeah, yeah. Um, there definitely are some double standards, it seems, and you know that doesn't just apply to gender; that applies to race. Like, if I were to say something, then I would be nailed to a cross. But if, say, a black person, or you know, like you, a Mexican person, or whatever were to say it, then they would, you know, people wouldn't be as pissed. Right. Like for example, um, let's, okay. Let me try to think here. All right. 
But okay, you know that Key and Peel video, the one about uh black Republicans. Mm, I probably have to see it again. Well, it's you know they they it's basically all these black guys in a room, and every time a black guy goes up and talks, everyone goes mm hmm mm hmm, and <laughs> they all go up there and they say the same thing. Basically, like the first guy goes up there and he goes. Now, and when they when he comes up, they like shake shake the guy's hands emphatically, and everyone's clapping. They're like, <laughs> and then they all stop at the same time. It's funny, and uh, the guy will go up there, shake hands. No, I'm pissed, and everyone <laughs> goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> royally pissed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People think that. A black man cannot be a Republican. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm here to tell you today that that is very much not the case. I am a black man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also happen to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just hilarious. And then, like, basically that guy comes off. You know, everyone does the whole clapping thing. Hands down. And another guy comes up and does the same thing. Now I'm pissed. Royally pissed. You know, and they just go through the same thing. Everyone claps, puts their hands down, right? Now, they get to make that joke about Black people because, you know, people think that Black people are always Democrats, right? And they're basically saying there's no Black Republicans. But if I were to say that, you know, I would get nailed, right? I mean, I don't know. It's different because it's a it's a comedic thing. And typically, you know, comedy, you get to say a lot of things that you normally wouldn't, regardless of whatever the, the normal rules are. Because there's not really any rules in comedy, but well, we'll see. Like, see, you, you you're right in that sense, and I give you an example. Um, I don't know how it is for say white people, but because he's a minority and he speaks the truth. It's kind of hard to call him a white supremacist when he's black, you, you know. And, and the thing is, who I'm referring to is uh, Dave Chappelle. He's said a lot of crazy shit on NSL, I believe. Saturday and Night Live. I I don't remember if it was Saturday Night Live, but or SNL, I believe. Well, that that's Saturday Night Live. Oh okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, so. So he had a script that they were going over with him. And um, like, you know, he, he they were rehearsing and everything. And so when he went on stage on live, he literally said, screw that script. I'm going to run my own shit. You know why? Because <laughs> I censored, you know, and what he said is that he made a lot of political points with Donald Trump and, and, and other stuff that, you know, he was showing the truth about. And, you know, like, uh, like a lot of people got in an uproar and like, they were like, yeah, we told you, we told you, you just have to see it. So, and, and, and watch it because that is a very powerful tool that they cannot stop is humor 
when you make people laugh, they, they listen to you more than they would if you were trying to like just talk to them one-on-one. Like yeah, if, and you can't stop the comedians. You yeah, can't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're stopping freedom of speech if you do that, like to a point. Like, like. And, and comedians in particular are excellent communicators because exactly. that's their job. So like exactly. if you try to like, do things to them, they will be loud about it and they'll tell people and they'll be great about their the way they deliver their message because that's their whole life basically. See, but he puts it into his his act, his comedy, Dave Chappelle. Like he puts everything like like it's funny, dude. Like it's funny that like like because when when I was watching Dave Chappelle when I was like maybe like 15, 16, around that age, okay. I thought he was hilarious. Like he, he was amazing. He was like <laughs> the best comedian, you know, that I could think of. You know, I, I, like he would say some landish out stuff, and it, it it would be hilarious. Like like you know about any anybody and and you know anyone. Um. But uh. Darn. I just had a brain fart again, dude. Did you see the way he spanked Netflix? No, no, no. Sorry. Comedy Central. The way he spanked Comedy Central. I never forget. Dude, so basically Comedy Central, I guess. Um, they made an agreement with him and they bought his stuff. And I, I guess this was before he was quite as famous as he is now. And he still needed Comedy Central. And so he had like a, I don't remember if it was a TV show or a special or, or something basically on Comedy Central and they ripped him off and they didn't give him all the money that you know, oh, like yeah. they ripped him off bad. Yeah. And so he went to this comedy club somewhere and I guess they, they were streamed it to the internet or they recorded it and posted it. And he sits in this club and he just explains to them. And the thing is about it, the thing about being a comedian is like those guys that are that high of a level, even at that level, have to work very hard to have something that is hilarious the whole time. You know, um, yeah. they might work for two or three years on a set before they go hit the road with it. Dave Chappelle just goes in there and he goes all he he goes on a riff for like thirty minutes. That's both like a whole just explaining exactly how comedy central ripped him off and i saw him and yeah, yeah I did see that and he was just making everybody laugh too at the same time because he was like just roasting comedy central so hard he's like and when he when he ended it he said i'm not asking you to boycott comedy central i'm asking you if you ever laughed at anything i've ever said if i've ever entertained you if you appreciate my content and you appreciate me even a little bit boycott me don't watch anything from me on comedy central and people did and then eventually comedy central came and made it right with dave Chappelle. damn and it was everyone looked at him like whoa because like you know another thing is like poor people don't tend to care if a rich person loses money but somehow everyone loved dave Chappelle so much and he was such a good guy and he was such a good comedian and he was so good at you know making people laugh with his points that everybody was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck Comedy Central. Fuck those guys. It's like, give Dave Chappelle his money, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, dude. 
everyone backed him up on that, man. And it's like that. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's a legend, bro. He really is. See, it's the humor sticks in your head. And whenever he's making points, you remember it better in your memory. Like, cause you, 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 it, 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 it was significant. The words and the meaning behind it, because it made you laugh. It made you feel this emotion. And then, so, so I would watch it when I was a little kid and everything like that. And it came to the end of the show where the credits cut and everything. And, you know, then the next episode comes out on Comedy Central. So right before the, you know, his show ends, I see him without a shirt with chains around his wrist and then money in his hands. Okay. And, and it, and never understood what the hell that meant. I'm like, why do you have that? And then I remember when he came out with the skit with comedy central. Okay. And then I guess in Hollywood or something like that, they wanted, they threatened him. And they wanted almost to kill him. But then, you know, he had, I forget something. He he, he says all this in, in his little biography or whatever. Uh, he does say this. But at the same time, now I understand that he had money. But he was enchained by, you know, the deal that he made. Like, you know, like, to my point, it's like almost selling your soul. You know, because you're like, you're crafting these people's minds and like you're shaping how they should think. You know, you, you, you're doing more than you actually think to the subconscious when it comes to humor because it sticks better than like, like it, it's, it's like trauma, but the opposite of trauma that does it to the brain, if that helps. You know, I think with comedy and with music, something that's truly good, like something that everyone laughs at or everyone loves that song. Like for me, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Um, there's something true about it. You know, like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's on the surface and it's exactly the point that the comedian's making, but something about the bit is very true and that's what makes it hilarious and same thing with music when i listen to the stairway to heaven by led zeppelin and they get into that guitar solo it's just uh i don't i mean it's music it's like they don't say anything during the guitar solo what's so amazing about it but the sound of it is true and i don't know how else to explain it, it sounds some like some hippie stuff but like no like like you, you can feel that's someone's energy, Jeremiah. That's someone's aura. You know, that, that that that's their soul that they put into that music. Like, you know, like... Okay, like, check this out. Like, check this out. So, one day, this was like in seventh grade, uh, me and my buddy... Uh, we we all had to go to the cafeteria. We were in school, 
we all had to go to cafeteria for some event and everything. And, you know, these are all the, our classmates that we all go to school with, but they're all in different classes. We may not know each other, but we know of each other. But at the same time, so, so there's this one girl that we're like, nah, she's not hot. She's not hot, you know? Okay. So she gets up and she starts, starts singing Selena y los dinos. Okay. It's a Mexican singer that, you know, came to America. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Indeed. Okay, so as she was singing, we both look at each other like in gasp and like, dude, she sounds like Selena. And and like immediately both of us got like boners, dude. So so, so like, like, like from like saying that she wasn't hot, then we were like, dude, she's hot, dude. Like, like, so, like, stop, Keila. So, like, at the same time, because of that energy, like, it did something to us because we obviously heard it. So, like, it can be transferred in the same way of humor, you know, in the same way of love or whatever you want to say. But it sticks like a trauma almost. And it can be positive, you know, and that's what humor is like, say, like when people like feel down, what would make you better if you laugh because it actually releases dopamine and chemicals into your, uh, your body. And, and, and this is, this is what I always knew, but I didn't, um, apply it because it wasn't at mind. So when you're depressed, when you're sad, when you're like in agony and anguish and and all that, your body releases serotonin and, and it's a chemical that makes you age faster. So if you ever seen somebody who's young and they look old, it means that they've been under a lot of stress, so much stress that their body produces this chemical serotonin, and literally they may they look ten times older than they actually are. And I had a friend like this. She was she showed me pictures of her when she was eighteen years old, and then she was twenty six. It was a complete shocker. Like, she was beautiful when she was young. Like, dude, like, in 26. But the thing is, is that she had uh, stress from her father of her child that they would always argue. And sometimes he would, like, beat her and, you know, not take care of the children. And for, for fucking six, five, seven years, dude, it looked like she aged almost 15 years like dude like it's it like it's crazy what like you don't know about the human body dude, like it's what's what i've always thought was kind of fucked 
is like the all right so think about it the toll that stress takes on a human so think about the people that maybe aren't so stressed like rich people like yeah they're stressed out about making more money but they're okay so they're stressed about out about making more money but it's not like I'm afraid that this man's going to hit me or I'm afraid that I might be living on the street or how am I going to pay for rent or why can't Johnny go to a good school? It's just like, I want to make more money. I want to be successful in this endeavor. It's like something they're trying. It's like a positive thing versus a poor person. And so poor people don't live as long as rich people in that way. If you think about it, like, so that's why it's important to make money, I think. So check this out too. And I thought this was ironic because I just found this out maybe like a month ago, maybe two months ago. So this was when I was working at Cracker Barrel. Um, Cracker Barrel, I had a lot of friends at Cracker Barrel. Okay. And then there's this one guy named Christian. Okay. Christian reminded me a lot of you. All right. And, you know, he was a good, he was a good little Christian boy. You know, he tried to, at least, you know, I knew that he was, uh, um, he worked hard. He he had everything in a work ethic that you would want as a worker. And, um, so, and it's funny too that uh, <laughs> he was with Cassandra too. So, and then uh, so one day I'm just working, uh, and I get a call from my buddy Cole, and uh, he says, uh, "Do you remember uh, Christian? You know the Shrimper Man." The shrimper boy, he would always go on his uh, uncle's shrimping boat and go shrimping and catch all those shrimp. I was like, yeah, I remember Christian. He was a cool dude. I was like, well, uh, he died. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, man. He he, he died from a seizure. Like, like, what do you mean a seizure? How, how the fuck did he just die from a seizure? Well... The doctor said that he had a seizure and he went brain dead. And, like, out of nowhere, like, like, he just died. And, like, he died. And, and like, the day that my buddy called me was the year, uh, one-year anniversary of the day that he died. And it's just terrible, dude, because, like, he left behind the... Uh, a little little boy and his wife and like it just breaks my heart she's like literally every day since that day posts something on his Facebook saying I love you I miss you we're gonna see you again I'm like sad that you're not here anymore you know I, I wish you could take care of me and take care of your son and I'm like Oh, dude, I'm just, like, feeling all this, like, I can feel, like, like, to me, I feel like I can feel people's pain by them sharing their experience. And, like, it's just, like, breaking my heart, man. Like, 
you know, you just you just don't know when. And, and it's just freaking crazy. He, like, dude, I he and, and, and let me get to the Cracker Barrel one story. So, and this is where the money comes involved. And uh, so me and him were leaving Cracker Barrel because, you know, we got off the truck and, you know, nothing else to do. We just leave and go home. And one day we were leaving. We were both leaving together and we leave Cracker Barrel and we're walking on the side. And this homeless guy comes up to us and um, he uh, he says, you, you, can y'all spare any change? And, and I actually know this guy because he usually comes around and asks for money. And I give him some money here and there. And uh, he goes, you know, I'm like, what happened to him? I'm saying that in my head because he's bald now. And uh, he goes, comes up to him and says, yeah, guys, can I have some money? I'm dying of cancer. So, like, I would really appreciate it if you just help me out. And, like, I could see this guy deteriorate every time I saw him. So, like, that, like, broke my heart. And, like, so, you know, I gave him, like, $2. So we're leaving, and, you know, Christian says, you know, it may suck. It may be sad. But uh, you got to be prepared in life. If you don't have money, you know, then, like, you kind of might as well not have anything else because, you know, that's a prime example of what will happen to you if you don't have money. Is that that guy had cancer and he couldn't do nothing about it, man. You know, regardless of whether he was an addict or whatever, but, you know, it was still his responsibility to take care of himself. So, like, at the same time, like, I just remember hearing him say that and then, you know, he just passes away. And, you know, I see pictures of him with his little girl or his little boy. And I'm like, dude, I just don't know, man. See, and, like, I guess, like, it's just because I want a kid, I guess, you know. So, I went on my little rant, so. I... I I want kids too, and Jordan Peterson, the clinical psychologist, theorizes that, or I shouldn't say theorizes, because I'm pretty sure he has pretty solid data to back this up, but the adoption of responsibility is what provides meaning in your life, and the more responsibility that you can adopt, the more meaning that you'll have in your life. So for example, I, I've started helping my cousin. Um, we talked a lot about that. And so what happened with the package? What do you mean? Did you talk to him about get receiving the packages and being awake? Oh <laughs> yeah. Um well basically it, it, it kind of ghosted me a little bit. Um yeah. But, you know, that's the thing is, like, I've got to figure out how to walk that line of friend and douchebag that tells you the truth, you know. So, because he doesn't have either. He doesn't have a good friend. 
but he also doesn't have that douchebag telling him the truth. But if I tell him the truth too much and I don't just be his friend, then he kind of like shies away. And then if I'm his friend too often, then he's not going to do anything with himself. So it's like, it's so hard, but that's not my point, you know, but like I was struggling in life, whatever. And then like through the effort of trying to help him through the effort of being nice, you know, I talked about the liquor shop situation the other day with you. Um, And then, you know, picking up the old guy on the side of the road that is carrying a gas can and has like six miles to walk to get back to his car. And he's like 80 years old, you know? Um, And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying the adoption of responsibilities or doing things for other people, trying to help, trying to protect, trying to provide all of that is what gives us meaning in life. That's what makes us feel purpose. That's what gives us reason to go on. So I think that the world would be a happier place, actually, not just because it would be better, but because people would have meaning in their life if they would become, if men would become men and men would accept responsibility for the role we play in the room. And tried to make something of themselves not not even just for themselves but for everyone that they're surrounded by because whenever you better yourself you inherently better everyone around you you know when you get more money and you can help you know pay the bills help your mom work a little less whatever you make everyone's lives around you better when you become fit you set a good example and show people what they could be and that might piss off some or whatever, but now they have an example to hold themselves accountable to like, Hey, I need to step it up. You know, you're bringing that positive energy, you know, the more confidence you spread, the more you try to help, you know, the better everything is around you. So the more successful you are, the more you can work on yourself. While it may seem like a selfish endeavor, it, and it it can be, but it's also benefiting everyone else around you. I think if we looked at things that way and we looked at, you know, like if you're a man, you have a responsibility to the world and to yourself and to those around you to be everything that you can be. Because when you become the best version of yourself, you contribute the most to the world. If you allow yourself to be a turd, then you're not going to give anything to the world except things that a turd offers a world. You know, (laughs) like, do you want you know, no one wants your shit. People want the best out of you. So that's, that, that's the problem, man. Cause it just seems like people have been broken. When you see most people, it seems like they've just been, it's almost like they're zombies at a certain point. They just don't think anymore, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Like to put it like Tate says it, they're NPCs. And that's true because they just, it just seems like they've been defeated. They don't think for themselves, man. They need people to think for them. But it's weird because it, you know, he's right. The Matrix really is a good comparison because it's not as if, if it's not as if like some people are incapable. Everyone's capable of waking up. It's just, do you want to? Are you willing to sacrifice what must be sacrificed if you're to learn the truth? 
are are those the things that you're, are you willing to do those things? Most people, the answer is no. It'd be much easier to just stick their head in the sand and pretend that everything's okay and everything's as it should be. You know, it's scary to start to think that everything that you believe in that's been established your whole life could be a lie and that people could be, you know, just trying to manipulate you and exploit you for their own benefit. It's, it's not fun to think that it's a very scary thing to think. Sheila agrees with me. <laughs> so Sheila. I don't know, man. Yeah. Did you not hear her growling? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> that was me growling. What? But, yeah, that was me. Your stomach? No, I was just thinking. Go too hard. And you went. No, I was going like. Hmm. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I heard a. I thought it was like, Sheila. But that's no. that's. That's where I'm at, man. And I feel like people are waking up. I feel like people are start. I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like everyone, I don't know how you can listen to some of the stuff that Andrew Chase put out and not start to question things a little bit, you know, like and start to kind of snap out of it. Well, cause all right. So I don't want to say that Andrew Tate, I don't, I don't mean to put him on a pedestal necessarily, but what Andrew Tate has on his side is truth. He has a lot of truths. And he's, when you hear truth, there's no, I mean, you could try to argue it any kind of way, but everyone knows when something is true. And so he's been dropping a lot of truth. And so for anyone that's been watching him, go ahead. Sorry. For anyone that's been watching him, how could you not have woken up? Because it's not just truth, it's truth that hasn't been expressed in a very long time which i think is why he's caught so much attention like i feel uh he's one of the first people that you ever heard speak the truth and you know like seen get seen him get backlash for it and um it's just there's a lot of people like that, but the media censors them and, you know, discredits them, tries to ruin their reputation. So, and they succeed in, in most times. So, like, I feel like this is just one of the first, you know, people that you just heard and seen that is tangible, you know, to relate to. And and, and Tate puts it in, in one of the most influential ways you know that that i've seen other than jordan peterson but jordan peterson doesn't you know rock out with his abs out and you know have bitches on his yacht no well yeah jordan peterson is just as much a rock star as andrew has been he is they just but like you're saying they deliver it in different ways because they're just different people they live different lifestyles yeah so like it's just I want to have an opinion Uh, that's just I guess another goal to strive for what do you mean by that 
to have an opinion, you have to have like lots of money. Well, you can yeah. have an opinion now as a poor well, person. Yeah, of course, but that's like screaming throughout the masses no one's hearing you like see when you have money you're on stage i feel your or opinion you matters yeah. exactly like like because like right now it, it it like it means diddly squat to nothing you know so like when people get money, they get influence. When you have a lot of influence, you have followers. You have people that will follow you just like, you know, Dave Chappelle. You, you have power. That's power to them, and they don't want that. They don't want anything. Like And another saying that I like, uh, my grandfather had it on his bumper sticker. Uh, I think I told you this before, but... It said, uh, don't steal. The government doesn't like competition. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, another thing Tate says is that the government's the only people that are allowed to break the rules. Yeah, basically. I think that's what he said. Or he, they're the only ones allowed to commit crimes. Yeah, I think that was it. The government's the only one that's allowed to commit crimes. And it's true, because if you think about it, a police officer can do a lot of things that you can't. You can't just go put cuffs on someone or tase them for not doing what you say or, you know, <laughs> shoot them, you know, or whatever. If you do any of the things that a police officer does, if you put them in your car, lock them up, put them in your car and take them to your house, like you would, <laughs> you'd go to jail, you know, like it, we don't. Police officers, now obviously in context, it makes sense why a police officer has those abilities. All right. But, um, you know, if, for example, you we were to loan, like we were talking about loaning people money. If we were to loan someone money and they didn't pay us back, we wouldn't be allowed to put them in prison. We could just sue them maybe or try to garnish their wages or hurt their credit but that's all we could do if however you don't pay your taxes you can go to jail so you know what's the difference right like the government's basically saying you owe us money give us money or you're going to be locked into this room see see supposedly there's people that never <laughs> filed a tax return and they don't go to jail because they say, where in the law does it say that, you know, we have to pay taxes? It doesn't say that. The thing is, it was made by bankers in the Federal Reserve on 1913. Made by bankers, not politicians. And it was signed into law. So. Well, like, the government, I don't believe, can audit your tax return after seven years so i didn't file in 2017 i think or something and i would have but it it's it's not because i didn't want to it's because like i was a dumb you know 19 year old retard in indiana and i had worked like i think like five or six different you remember how i was back then i, I think i worked five or six different jobs that year and yeah. some of them were like um independent contractor jobs so there was like special taxes on them 
And then I lost all the paperwork and I couldn't, I never got all the W2s and all that stuff. And then like a year passed and like, um, I couldn't, some of those businesses I'd worked for were like out of business or I couldn't get in contact with to get my tax info. So I just never filed that year. And, um, you know, five years go by and I was talking to my dad and he was like, yeah, man, like the, you know, I wouldn't worry about it because honestly, they have much bigger fish to fry. They, I mean, how much do you think you earned? Like 25,000 or 30,000 the whole year? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, what you think they're really worried about the $400 you owe or whatever? Like, no, they're going to be going after the big fish that have millions upon millions, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. He's like, so I'd say just let it roll around for another couple of years and you're probably good. And so, you know, I think that's probably what happened with some of these people that never filed. They're just a bunch of dumb, broke retards that like weren't really, they're not, the government doesn't care anyways, because they're going to get a whole whopping like thousand dollars. But if Donald Trump thinks about trying not to file his taxes, you could bet your ass that, you know, he's going to get held up. So, um, but speaking of business, uh, I was asking my dad some questions. Do you want me to? go through them with you yeah uh i got three percent on my phone so if you want to run oh. by it real fast okay i'll be on xbox <laughs> if you uh, go you no it's not charger? it's not even like that yeah but it only works when i set it down it's weird okay well all right um he said i said usaa doesn't do bank accounts for businesses any recommendations on one that does? And he said, not really. You should use a national bank, though. We use Regions Bank, but they will want a significant balance kept in the account to avoid high bank fees, as will any national bank. I'm talking 1000 to 10000 depending on the amount. By the way, we use, and I won't say the name, um, because they have them here and where we formerly lived. Uh, he said, so look someone, so look for someone who has a bank here and in Corpus Christi, if it's with your friend. And so, okay, so we're looking at that. You need your corporation documents first, though. Also be aware someone will have to file your corporate taxes, which you will have to hire someone for. I wouldn't do anything until after January 1st, so you don't have to file anything tax-wise until March 2024. Also, if you use an online place to get your corporation set up, have them get you a FEIN, same as EIN. And I said, okay, that's useful to know. Do you think it might be best to low-key run it out of our bank, our personal bank, until we start generating profit and have the money to let 10000 sit in an account? And his response was basically no. Um, it's not worth it. You should, you know, definitely get the court, the business bank account because it'll just make things right for y'all and you won't have to worry about it. And I said, also, I know he's spoken about this, but do you have a general rule of thumb once you start taking the money from a company, how much that'll be? For example, should we incorporate a policy between me and Ephraim that we only take 10% of the earnings? And he said, no, it really just depends on the business, how much overhead you have. He's like, you guys are going to have a really overhead heavy business. So you might have to skim a little less of a percent off the top than say like an engineering firm where we just have computers and that's pretty much it, just electric bills. Um, 
he's like, and you guys are just going to have to figure that out. And he, he said that he would look at it on a quarterly basis, not a yearly basis. So we should look at it every quarter and decide, you know, how much can we take and things like that. Um, and all right. So I said, also, how much are you saving on those mowers you got from the auction? He said he didn't get those from the auction. It came with the property. Um, oh. And I was saying, because I'm debating if we should buy them for, used from auctions versus buying them new because we need reliable equipment. I said, also, we're considering starting up like a Monday morning podcast or something for the business where we just talk about the company, Corpus Christi, dumb stories from dudes out in the field, funny stuff, but use it as a way to advertise for free. Maybe even dedicate part of the budget for marketing the podcast on YouTube specifically in Corpus Christi. And he was saying, yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. There's a lot of companies that do that already. Um, he's like, there's like a fishing company that does it and it's just them out on the boat doing fishing stuff. And like, it's nice. just a fun um, show. And he's like, yeah, but they want your business. And I said, I know it might sound dumb, but I think that might be a solid free way to generate leads. If you had a group of dudes that had a fun, friendly podcast to listen to that cuts grass in your city, wouldn't you want to hire them? Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, I said, and then, of course, like if this podcast ever caught traction, I could promote the business on here. Because like I see podcasts all the time promoting people that pay them money to. Well, we could just promote our own business here. Like, why not? You know? Okay. Um and so that was some of the messages between me and him. I just wanted to get you up to speed on that. Nice, nice. We need to talk about the name. But anyways, your battery's pretty low, so it's I like guess we should. Yeah, I guess we should probably wrap it up. So anyways, yeah. this was fun. I like this, man. We should do it again tomorrow. <laughs> this was yeah, yeah. this was chill, bro. Um, uh, Good to have Buddy on, too. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. So, so I'll see you in a minute. I'll go hop on Xbox. All right, brother man. All right, see. You. All right.